Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. He might be the world's most famous talent scout. He's had a hand in launching the careers of superstars like American Idol's Carrie Underwood, Kelly Clarkson, and Britain's Got Talent megastar Susan Boyle. As one of the original creators of American Idol, Simon has achieved enormous success by going against the grain and having the courage to say exactly what's on his mind. Everybody has a story, and there is something to be learned from every experience. Use your life as a class. This is Masterclass with Simon Cowell. I'm not a master of anything. I think what I'm good at is making shows or records which a lot of people will like for the same reasons I like them. Mainly, I trust my instinct. Um, because I have very broad tastes, I genuinely believe that if I like something, other people are going to like it as well. I don't sit there thinking I work for a record label or run a TV company. I just go, I like this person. Or, in many, many cases, I don't like this person. <laughs> That's when we have a problem. I'm normally right, though. You know, I can remember one year, I think it was probably American Idol 3, 4, whatever it was. And I'd done a lot of shows in the UK, and obviously I'd done a lot of shows in America. And I remember flying over thinking, I've genuinely run out of things to say. I don't know how you tell people that you suck. I don't know how to say it anymore. I've literally run out of ways to say it. And then I actually thought about it, and I thought, the great thing about a show like this is that you don't have to think about it in advance, that whatever you're thinking at the time, within reason, you should be able to say. And I've got into so many arguments and problems in the past, you know, when I've walked out of the audition room, and, you know, they're really, really mad at me. I like people to have an opinion. Black, white, whatever. I can't bear anything in between. I can't stand grey. You know, I can't bear what I call nodders. You know, I work with a lot of people who hire what we call the nodders, and they'll just nod at anything and they're too afraid to have an opinion. The most talented people I work with, particularly some of the TV producers I work with, you sit in a room with them, you're going to end up nearly in a punch-up because everybody is incredibly passionate. If I'm in a meeting, I will ask every single person in the room a question, not out of politeness, because I actually want to know what people are thinking. Whether you're right or wrong, you're thinking something. All my life, I had to teach myself. I never really had a proper education. I was not born with any skill. I didn't learn anything from school. I hated stuff like physics, chemistry, woodwork, metalwork. I was bored, constantly naughty, always doing things I shouldn't be doing. And I never had a clue as to what I was going to do other than I promised myself that whatever I did do, I was going to have fun. And that was the most important thing 
throughout my life growing up is that I just didn't want to be bored and I didn't want to be scared and I wanted to be in charge of my own life. When I was younger, the guy who owned the house next to us was a guy called Jerry Blattner and he ran the, the British arm of MGM Studios and they used to make a lot of movies then in the UK. So a lot of the, the big American stars like Elizabeth Taylor, uh, Betty Davis, Robert Mitchum, they'd all come in for these big, big parties. And we would be standing on boxes overlooking the party. And I remember seeing this party one night. And the interesting thing was, I didn't want to be the celebrity at the party. I wanted to be the person having the party. I never had any major desire to be well known but I wanted to be the person who worked with a lot of well-known people and could host the party. And I made a pact with myself that however long it would take to get myself in that position, I was going to be patient. I can have a couple of parties now, yeah. <laughs> My dad, he was a brilliant mentor to me because he didn't overcomplicate it. He just made everything so simple, which was, I know you hate school, but your mother wants you to do well, do your best. But he taught me the basics, which are, you've got to work hard and you've got to be patient. And he also told me, and it's true, you've got to look after yourself. All I wanted to do was go out to work, make some money, and most importantly, have fun. On my very first day of working in the mailroom, I felt this incredible sense of independence it was me, my money, I had a job. When I started, you were building a career for yourself. And the only way you were ever going to build a career was meeting smart people along the way who may teach you something and then working it out for yourself. You've got to be patient and enjoy, as I said before, the process of getting there. Because I promise you, it's a lot more fun than being there. And then when I was 32, I ran out of patience. I can't force myself to laugh, I can't force myself to cry, and I can't force myself to like something. On my shows, I base everything on, I like it, I don't like it, I'm bored, I'm not. But I'm not going to say, I think older people will like it, I think kids will like it. I just go, I like it, and that's good enough for me. I don't guess. Look, I'm confident about what I do. If you ask me about how you're going to cure the world debt, I wouldn't have a clue. just wouldn't. But I wouldn't pretend to have an opinion. I'll just tell you I don't know. But in what I specifically do, then I have an opinion. I never used to have that confidence. You know, I was very shy when I was younger. And I still am to a certain point. So I always struggled with that or just didn't put myself into those kind of situations. I'll only put myself now into a meeting or a situation where I'm confident that I know what I'm talking about. You've got to be absolutely in the moment. It's your senses, in a way, that tell you. And you've got to think with your heart, not your head, in situations like that. That's why most people in the music business screw it up, because they don't think with any emotion. And emotion is absolutely key to this. And I always say that if I like it, the chances are other people will like it. And that's why I can't bear research. Research just kills creativity because people lie in research or they say things they think the person wants to hear or they overthink it. If they'd researched Idol before it went on air here, it would not have gone on air.
because people would have felt guilty about saying they like it. The original format of American Idol was a show called Pop Idol, which was launched in 2001, and it did become an overnight success. We were two minutes into our pitch in the UK, and it was bought in the room. And actually, another thing I was taught once, and it's brilliant advice, this particularly if you work in the entertainment business, is when someone says yes, shut up. I.e., if you're selling something or you're selling yourself in whatever capacity, and someone says yes, run. Because what most people do, and I've had it the other way around, is you go, okay, fine, we've got a deal, and they go, great. And then they start telling you how much they've wanted to do this deal with you and what other deals they've turned down. And the more they talk, I'm sitting there thinking, I'm now beginning to hate you. In reverse, if I say yes and they just walk out without even shaking my hands and say, call my lawyer, I'm on the phone to the lawyer. So that was good advice. I was arrogant enough to assume that even before the show went on air, that it would be as easy to sell in America as it was in England. So we just, uh, the three Simons, me, Simon Fuller, Simon Jones, all hopped on a plane to LA, had some meetings set up. And I thought, same thing's going to happen. I'll just explain the concept and they'll buy it. And it didn't happen. And we had some of the worst meetings I have ever had in my life. Uh, one was so bad that about a minute into the pitch, the guy said no. And now I'm kicking one of the other Simons under the table just to wind this guy up. And I said, so it sounds like you're interested. No. And eventually he stood up and he said, OK, you can leave now. And I said, sounds to me you've got to buy the show. And he said, get out. And I said, so should we come back next week? He said, get out. And we were basically thrown out of the network. And we'd forgotten to order a car for ourselves. So apart from being thrown out, we're sitting on the steps of this huge studios. And I turned around to this other Simon. I said, look, the good news is it will never get worse than this. It was just horrific. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. I did go back to England with my tail between my legs, to be honest with you. But every single negative can lead to a positive. Any negative situation, don't get too down by it. We'll work it out. And that's exactly what happened. A girl called Liz Murdoch, who is Rupert Murdoch's daughter, had seen the show, you know, be a hit in the UK. She called her dad. Uh, her dad then phoned Fox and said, any of you guys looking at Idol? Yeah, we're having a look at it. And he said, buy it. Just don't change it, buy it. And that was the story. If one of these idiots had bought the show first time round, we would have probably been in big trouble because we'd have accepted pretty much any deal at the time. And if we'd have had to work with some of the people I met, I think we'd have been in a pretty sticky place right now. I think the fact that we'd been allowed to do it with a tremendous amount of creative freedom in the UK meant that we were pretty much allowed to do whatever we wanted when we brought it here. I had massive reservations about coming over here to do it, mainly because uh, I'd never worked in America before. And I thought, you know, do I have a right really to sit in a room and, and tell Americans, you know, what they should do, shouldn't do, bothered me. So I said, actually, no, I'm not going to do the show. 
let somebody else do it. And then one of the producers called me and he said, genuinely, Simon, I think you're going to regret it. I was concerned that it was going to become sanitised, it wasn't going to be the same show. He said, I promise you, we'll make exactly the same show as we did in England. There'll be no censorship, you can do what you like. But uh, I, I didn't go into this one thinking, yeah, it's all going to go fine. It, it, was, it was a nice surprise. And I started work in the mailroom, but even when I was in the mailroom, I mean, I'd open letters, I'd read things, <laughs> I would sneak into people's meetings, I would harass people on a daily basis to tell me what was going on, explain things to me, teach me things, always ask for jobs. I always put myself in front of other people to say I'm here and I'm interested and I want to learn and I want you to promote me. I had no problem doing that. I spend most of my time watching, but most importantly, listening to what's going on, where my mind feels like it's been a sponge where I've really absorbed things that are happening around me. I met some incredibly smart people, and I just watched them. One particular person, a music producer, a guy called Pete Waterman. He hadn't really even had a big record at that time. I instinctively knew this guy was going to do well, and I followed him around like a dog for two years. Pete was really the first person to package a lot of this music at the time was coming from gay clubs from Europe, America, and he worked out a way to use that sound, make it commercial, and he became the 80s version of Motown. He packaged artists in a studio. They called it the Hit Factory. He owned all the rights, the recording rights, the management, the production rights. He wrote and produced all the records, and over a period of about eight or nine years, certainly in Europe, they just dominated the charts. I don't know what it was about Pete. I mean, the first day I met him, we met down in his studios, and he's sitting there like he's about to be king of the world. And he just had this, I don't know, arrogance probably, but massive confidence. And it wasn't BS. It was real, absolute, I know what I'm doing. And whatever it was, I thought, yeah, you really do know what you're doing. I just had this feeling about him. Wherever he went, I went. In my spare time, I'd just go down to the studio and sit at the back of the studio and watch him and sit in meetings. And I think about a year and a half into it, he actually acknowledged me for the first time. He said, are you following me around? And I went, yeah, you have a problem with it. He said, no, I'm just curious. And I did, and I learned so much in that time. It was fantastic. He never made it boring because he was a bit mad, eccentric, but a genius. And I put my trust in him. And I just had this feeling that he was going to change my life, and he did. And he just taught me, what did I learn out of two years? And it took me two years to work it out. You've got to have good songs. <laughs> I mean, I should have worked that out for myself, but, and it stands today. You know, no matter how good the artist, the songs have got to be incredible. When you work for a record label, there is no training program, which is astonishing, particularly if you are in A&R, which is the department that signs and makes the records. So essentially, it stands for artists and repertoire, so it's an old-fashioned term. But as an A&R man, your job is to find artists, and when you find artists, you're supposed to work with them and the managers or the producers to select the material and basically make them into stars. That's what an A&R man does. I'm an A&R man. I was doing OK. I've had absolutely no training whatsoever when I first started the record label, I was never off the phone. If I had to sit there for a minute 
I always thought there's something going wrong here. So I would just hustle daily. I'm just sitting there making it up every day, trying to make a living. I hated the A&R department so much because I just couldn't bear all the nonsense I was hearing. I moved my office into the sales room where they used to take all the telephone orders because I just had a feeling I'd rather be there than where I was because that's kind of where the action is. And I was there when a call came in. In fact, a ton of calls came in one morning from a load of shops trying to get hold of a record which didn't exist. And of course, I overheard these calls and one of the girls, a girl called Denise, said, they're all trying to buy a record that was on a show last night by these two actors called Robson and Jerome. I'd never heard of them, didn't even know what the show was. And I said, how many calls are you getting? Thousands. I'm on it. Anyway, cut a long story short, it took me about seven months to persuade these two to sign a recording contract with me. But I drove them so mad that I was actually sent a solicitor's letter from one of them saying, you've got to stop harassing my client. And the reason I kept doing it was, is that A, I knew I could persuade them to do it, and B, I knew it was going to be successful. With them in the UK, we had the biggest selling single, biggest selling album that year. And you know, I got a lot of criticism for it because there were a couple of actors singing records. I couldn't care less. You know, I had the hits, move on. Not only do I want to teach other people, I genuinely, on an hourly basis, want to teach myself. And this is what can happen to you when you're successful is that you start to believe your own hype and then you start living in this bubble which is your world and you start to believe that that's the only world that exists which is why most successful people screw it up for themselves normally within two three five ten years because they stop listening i would say the biggest failures i've had were at a time when i believed my own hype and there was one particular occasion and i'm going back 12 years ago where I signed a girl band called Girl Thing. It was put together by the guy who originally put together the Spice Girls, a guy called Chris Herbert. And he'd put together a band for me which had done well called Five. And then I said, you know what, just get me the, the female version of them next. And uh, he brought these girls in. We didn't spend an awful lot of time auditioning them. And I hyped the hell out of them. I mean, put my name forward, they're going to be huge, this, that, whatever. And the problem was the record wasn't very good. And actually they weren't very good. When the record came out a week before I started to get a bad feeling that this wasn't going to go well. And at about eight o'clock in the morning, I got the Monday's figures and worked out this record was not selling well. And I'd spent maybe two million, two and a half million dollars on this band. So I'm waiting now for my boss to call me. And I knew this was not going to be a great call. 12 o'clock, the phone rings. Richard Griffiths is on the phone. Okay, put him through. I pick up the phone and he said, this is the best thing that's ever happened in your career. Click. Where did that come from? An hour later, I went up to see him because I'd worked it out. And I said, my ego's out of control, isn't it? He said, yes. He said, just don't ever do it again. Got it. So... Like I said, you kind of learn from your mistakes. I mean, I still went on to have a load of other things that didn't work afterwards, but uh, that was a wake-up call. You know, it was all about me. I'd forgotten all about the quality, and it was completely my fault. I mean, a lot of people, what they do, particularly in the music business, it's the radio people's fault, it's the marketing people's fault, it's the video. It's like, yeah, right. It wasn't good 
enough. End of story. You made the decisions, take it on the chin and learn from it. It's the only thing you can do. And there is a certain positive you can take from that because you're not kidding yourself. If you start kidding yourself, you're dead, just dead. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. I have such a good team of people who work with me and they're not afraid to say, you know, Simon, you've come over as a complete and utter idiot today. And in a way, I'm more comfortable with that kind of reality than walking around with my head in the clouds believing that, you know, I've got the Midas touch, I'm this, I'm that. That, that doesn't make me comfortable. And I'm also known for being able to deal with hearing very, very bad news. I like to start off a meeting with all the bad news. I don't want all the hype, the good news, I know that already. I want to know what the problems are. And then I work out in my head, and sometimes it will take weeks, if not months, to digest that information and find out what we've done wrong and how we can therefore make our own things better. And I would say, number one, talk 10% of the time and listen 90% of the time. Probably the best advice. The whole premise of this show was that it was a process to find an undiscovered star. And that's why we came up with the show in the first place. We didn't actually think of it as a television show in itself. It was just simply, this will be a fantastic way, hopefully, to find a star. And then, of course, you're at the mercy of who walks in the door. And if no one good walks in the door, you're screwed. But I always say it just takes one. No matter how many tens of thousands of people turn up, if one person walks in, you've got a show. And I can remember one specific time when Carrie Underwood walked in to an audition room. It was as if the entire cast that year was in black and white and she walked in in colour. It was so obvious and it was just from that second, A, I knew we'd found a star, B, she was going to win, and C, I had this feeling that she was going to sell more records than anybody else. I wish I could define what it is that makes it special, but you can't. You just know. There seems to be some kind of magic in the process of discovery. When something big comes along, it may not look or sound anything like what we expected. One of the things I love doing about the show is that when you genuinely get that moment when you're surprised, Susan Boyle being a good example, I can remember at the time thinking, this is not going to be a very good day, and it wasn't a great day. And when I saw at the corner of my eye walk on, okay, I don't think this is going to be great. And uh, when she turned it round, and, and it did show on my face, I remember thinking, I love this job today. This is a good day. I love moments like that. Talent is talent. It's either you've got it or you haven't got it. The reaction from everybody when she sang, I do remember thinking at the time, I think when this is shown, this is going to go crazy. I could just feel it. I do consider myself to be a, a bit of a mentor to her because 
that was uh, about giving her confidence. You know, this is somebody who, as I said, she absolutely deserved a shot. And we had to do the right thing by her. I was very, very, very hands-on through the entire process, even to the point when we had the first track listing done for Susan's record. I looked at it and said, this is just going to be the worst album. Too obvious, too safe, too boring. Start again. And interestingly, what we did was that we uh, got everyone from the company in. So I want every one of you to come up with one song choice. One of the girls in the office, Anya, found this version of Wild Horses on the internet. We cut the song, and that was an important cut for her. But that's a good example, you know, when you can involve your team. Again, listen to what other people are saying. It helps the process. With the internet and everything is about speed, I want it now, I want it quicker and quicker and quicker. I think the generation of people now in their teens have a slightly different outlook on what I did, which is a lot of them see fame now as a very, very quick way of getting what they want. And they don't want to wait around for 30 years. They just want that lifestyle now. They want the house, the chicks, the cars. It is an epidemic, there's no question of doubt. And, you know, obviously we've helped fuel it. But at the same time, and I think this is why I do have an important voice on the show, it's trying to also create an example to other people watching the show, which is number one, you're only going to achieve this if you're talented. And number two, regardless of what's happening around today, the internet, this, that, whatever, the principles still apply, you know? It's still going to take a while. And it should take a while. It takes a while to be good. Here's some of what we can take from this masterclass. You should talk 10% of the time and listen 90%. You can't be afraid to have an opinion. Learn from people who are smarter than you and have some fun along the way. Everything Simon Cowell has achieved has come to him because he's learned to trust his instincts. He refuses to lie to himself or to others about what he feels. And even though his words can sometimes sound harsh, we love to watch him because deep down, all of us know the truth when we hear it. You learn it as you go along. You don't get smart at 17. You just don't, unless, you know, you're one in a billion. It just isn't gonna happen that way. It will normally happen over time and it's the getting there which has been the most fun. When we made American Idol, I thought, you know, it's funny. I'd probably quite like it. I'm not sure how other people are going to react to it. It had gone on air and it rated very well, and the rest is kind of history. But that first year, I have to say, when we were kind of working it out along the way, and it was fun, and it was controversial, that was one of the best years of my life. I, I really enjoyed that year. Because we weren't at number one. We were trying to be number one. And I always remember now thinking, Actually, genuinely, it was more fun trying to be number one than it was being there and then sort of being defensive. I said this to someone recently who came to me for an interview. And I said, look, we'll put you in at the bottom. And the great thing is within 15, 20 years, you know, you'll start making some money. And I could see the horror on his face as I said that. What do you mean 15, 20 years? Well, that's what it's going to take, but, you know, you'll have a great time. And he was completely horrified when I said it because he's thinking, well, how about six months? I wish. I'm Oprah Winfrey, and you've been listening to Masterclass, the podcast. You can follow Masterclass on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. If you haven't already, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. 
Join me next week for another Masterclass podcast. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions.